Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team over his last 22 games for the Phillies Reese Hoskins was hitting 275 nine homers 19 RBIs and almost a thousand OPS well he got injured in Miami the left elbow was injured while going after a bad throat so let's talk about it and where we stand as spring training starts right here on Pine Tar for breakfast What up, and welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, and at tw- Kevin Franzen on Twitter, I think is a uh, good spot. Thanks for all that have been listening and sending your feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, there's multiple people that continuously send good things, and that was from the Sam Fold interview, the J- Chad Durbin interview. So today, uh, why not... Uh, Let's go current Phillies. Let's bring on Reese Hoskins. That's right. Your first baseman of your Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, one that is not hopefully going to start on IR uh, due to an elbow injury occurring last year. Reese, how are you? I'm good, Franny. I'm good. Yeah, man. It's, it's been a good offseason so far. Um, lots of rehab, obviously, but um, things are going well. I don't really have a whole lot to complain about right now. No, and look, I I think that if people heard you complain or uh, whatever about just the injury in itself, I think they would understand just for where you were and where you were headed. I mean, the last, what, 22 games, you're almost hitting 300, you know, starting to drive the ball. You got, you know, RBIs, 1,000 OPS, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But it was was such a drastic change for you, like mentally. You could just see who are – you could breathe – you're doing things that were normal to you on the field, and then the injury happens. But, you know, mindset, how, you know, can you go back to that and remember that and what that feeling was like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I can certainly take you back to the, the mindset and the feeling, um, you know, later in 2019. It's hard to forget that. Uh, but that's kind of what keeps us going, right? It's, yeah. You kind of want to run away from that and obviously learn. It's a great learning experience. Um, it's something that I never really had done in my life. And, you know, you could probably attest to that too. We're kind of used to being the best on, on every team. And, um, 
I had gotten humbled a little bit. I had gotten to the point where I needed to turn around and make adjustments. Um, but I learned, you know, I, I learned, I learned about that process. And then going to 2020, I, the biggest thing for me was just learning that I could get over that hump. Yeah. Right. There, there was light on the other side of the tunnel. Um, and once I kind of realized that, like you said, it really freed up, um, a lot of the the mental part of the game. Um, it got me back to kind of what had gotten me to the big leagues in the first place. And, um, it really just kind of simplified what I was trying to do. And I think you saw a lot of good results on the field because of it. Oh, no doubt. I, the, the biggest thing for me is like, look, I, I've told you, you know, straight up, it, it's not a, uh, it, it was a struggle to watch you go through it, right? It wasn't a struggle to watch the physical, like sure. the, the hitting and stuff. It was a struggle to watch you wear it. And it, it, it's a struggle to watch anyone struggle. I think, and, and yeah. to watch, you know, the the line drives that were starting to go to certain spots on the field that you could just, like, your reaction from 19 to your reaction last year, I was like, uh-oh, it's about to happen. Like, it, things are about to explode because it wasn't a wear on you. Like, you, you lined out, and it wasn't like, ah, oh, here we go again. It was like you lined yeah. out, and you're like, uh-oh, sorry about it. Like, it's, it's, it's on. And that change was amazing. And then it just started to snowball. And it didn't snowball in the other way like it did in 19. It snowballed on, uh, into the good. Uh, how much do you f- does that 19 fuel you and, and, and the fear of, of not going back to it? Or is there no fear of going to it, knowing that you can get out of it? Yeah, I, it's, it's probably both, honestly, right? Like it's, That's what drives it's us, baseball. right? Yeah, it's for definitely. I, I don't want to have to go through that again. I don't want... My teammates to have to go through, you know, seeing someone struggle the way that I was struggling. Um, obviously, you know, we weren't winning the way or in in the way that we would want to be yeah. or winning as much as we wanted to be at that time, too. So that stunk on top of it. Um, look, at the end of the day, I just want to contribute, right? Yep. And I was in 19. I wasn't contributing. I felt like and I that I wasn't. And I was burdening the team and not snowballed like you said um but getting over that hump you know realizing look man like you're gonna struggle again it's baseball it's a hard game it's a hard 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 game um and it's gonna happen again but i think the next time will be a lot different because i know deep down that um i can be really good again and i can be a force in the box again and that's something that i'll hang my hat on something that I'm hoping will get me through some of these hard times that will, will come again in my career. Um, but it's just a, a freer mind and, yeah. and a little more confidence goes a long way. And I learned that. Is, is, is there one at bat that like changed it or is it part of the process? You know, from, you know, um, we all, we all talked about it for the off season. You and I did, especially about changes that you were making, but there, there seemed to be that like, maybe there was one at bat, maybe there was one game that just made it, you know, get over the hump. Yeah. I would say there was kind of two, two of those games, um, you know, early in 2020, I had gotten off to a bad start again and it might've been a double header against the Braves. Don't quote me on that, but Freed was on the mound and, um, you know, this guy had obviously been dominating his, in his first couple starts. He was throwing the ball really well. Um, and I went out and got, 
two hits off him in my first two at bats. And I remember the, the second one, I remember getting on base after the second hit and kind of thinking, okay, I just dominated this guy. I know I can do it. Um, so that was kind of the first source. And then just going back to the first home run in, in Boston, right? Going, yep. Being able to go opposite field at Fenway um, was something that was kind of like a, a wake-up moment. Like, yo, dude, you, you, you can do this. You are as good, if not better, than anybody on this field. Look at what you just did. Um, and off it went after that, so – yeah, I was, I was like, I, I didn't think he was even quoted with Scott on that when I was doing the game and just being like, uh, you can do it! Like, it was just a whole <laughs> Rob Schneider all over again. Uh, yeah. It, but, yeah, it just, it was just fun, and it sucked to see it at the same time because it was fun to watch all the work, right? And so you you, you had a great relationship with John Maley. You yeah. get in, and Joe Dillon comes over, and that relationship just seemed like it, it, it just started right on the right foot. From the beginning, uh, the care, you know, just the appreciation that you had for each other on knowing that it's going to be part of the process. What, what was it like this year working with Joe and getting you over that hump, too? Yeah, I was see, I was lucky with Joe. I got a chance um, last offseason, right after he took the job, to kind of work with him um, for three or four days straight here in Philly. And we really just established a really good rapport with each other we learned kind of how to talk to each other what clicked what didn't click you know what drills we might focus on you know in the off season and then move to once the season start so we were ahead of the game in terms of getting to know each other which i think really helped um, with a lot of the success that i had in 2020 um both joe really everyone that i've had but joe is really big on the machine um and making our practice uncomfortable. Obviously, you hear that a lot. It's pretty cliche, but you know he's putting the machine on the mound. You know, at a at a normal quote normal release point for both lefties and righties. He's cranking it up to way harder than I want to hit it off of. Um, you know, he's putting nasty sliders and nasty breaking balls on. And these things are hard to hit, man. It's yeah. it's hard to square up consistently and. Um, you know, through time and time again and, and reps off the machine, you start to get more comfortable off it. And then you go in the game and things seem to be happening in slow motion, um, at least when you're locked in. And it goes back to the, that, you know, making yourself uncomfortable in practice. And Joe kind of really showed me a lot of different ways to do that so it didn't get stale and boring. And um, it really worked. It really, really helped me. And it's something that I'll continue to do. And I'm sure Joe's got some new stuff for us this, this upcoming season. Um, the game's evolving, and, and so do we. So I'll be excited to see what he's got, but it's nice to know that we have a great foundation going forward. Oh, no doubt. And, the, and you made the, the mention of the, the game is always changing and, and you're going to move forward. Well, the game's always changing, and this last year it changed quite a bit. And I think through all the protocols, uh, the shortened season, but there was a season, there was a champion that was crowned. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, what did you learn about yourself? Like, through, <laughs> not, in, 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 I, I, I guess that's a broad question, right? But, I mean, like, when I say what did you learn about yourself, what did you learn about yourself and your teammates as well? Yeah, man, I think, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world – um, you know, this last year, 
I think the the need to be flexible, um, you know, the need to kind of just go with the flow, um, you know, not not get too bent out of shape when things don't go exactly as the way that we maybe had hoped or maybe thought that, that, that they would um, is something that really presented itself as essential last year, um, especially. But I think it kind of is just a reminder that taking that that thought process into life into the game, um, you know, into a series, into work, whatever it may be, um, is something that's going to put you in a position to be ready for whatever is thrown your way, man. It's, it's something that I saw us as a group do. I had to do individually. Um, you know, we can go back to that, that first couple weeks of the season last year, right? We get off to a start. All right. We did a lot of work Mm -hmm. to get here and Miami happens. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it looks like we're going to go again. And then there's a hurricane coming through. So we don't play in New York. And there's all these weird things um, that nobody knew was going to happen. But, you know, we just kind of put our head down and and went to work. And um, we got through a season because of that. And I think it's a a testament to to everyone around the league. But it just became so apparent that, you know, the need to be flexible in life is something that is going to, probably be at the forefront for everybody for for quite some time here so oh no doubt and but see like you guys did it in a different way like because the nba nhl had the bubbles you guys did it at your own bubble like within your home like within you know just the the we call them sacrifices and really you were just doing what was supposed to be done for you know your teammates the league uh like it's how much did routine change a lot, a yeah. lot. I mean, we're creatures of habit. You know that. We're, we, See, I couldn't have we, done this. I could, yeah. I could not. I, I don't know if I could have done that. Not, and not in a selfish way. Like I just, I was so routine oriented. I would never call it superstition because it was like I got to be never. there at a certain time to get this done, this done, this done to feel relaxed. Like I don't know right. if I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, it's you know we were. We were, you know, we, we were told basically at times you can't come to the stadium until this time because they wanted to make sure that, you know, we were not inside around each other as much as possible to keep us safe. Um, so, you know, little things like that, like that, that would throw a wrench into my normal routine. But again, man, like like I just talked about, you know, we were told pretty much from an early stage once spring training was shut down last year, we don't really know what's going to happen, but I'll implore you guys to, you know, Joe said, look, we don't really know what's going to happen, but I'll implore you guys to try to be as flexible with this as possible. Things are going to change and they're going to change and then they're going to change again. And then they'll probably change back. Um, So we were made, you know, made aware of that pretty early on, which made it easier, but we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which probably isn't a bad thing, right? Yeah, there's, no, for there's sure. not a whole lot of time to think when you're doing that. So um, we'll see how it changes back or if it does change back this, this upcoming year. Um, but we figured it out last year. We'll, we'll be able to figure it out again this year. Yeah. And you made the mention Joe, Joe Girardi is uh, someone that uh, seems to have a pretty good grip on life. <laughs> just in general, <laughs> just that, that great demeanor. And the great leadership skills, like what was it that you learned? And I, I think it was a great introduction for him, you know, to you guys. And, and, and 
never in saying it's a huge positive what we had to go through as society and still going sure. through. But you learn about people. You learn about leadership and what his leadership was. What, what did it show to you? Yeah, you know, Joe probably had to be more present with us as a group um, than maybe he has been in the past or maybe he wanted to be. Uh, but we leaned on that. We leaned on that that poise, um, uh, you know, the, the preparation that he goes through for the season, for, for each day as a manager. That's something that we leaned on. Like you said, he's got a, a demeanor about him that's that just makes you as comfortable as you can be. Um, and we were not in a whole lot of comfortable positions throughout the year. So to have that in your manager's office was something that, you know, we knew as a group that, we could lean on when we yeah. needed to, yeah. and and he made himself available as much as he could, and um, it just made life a little bit easier, um, a little bit more comfortable, and that's always a good thing. Well, it's it's crazy too because for us it sucked because we didn't have any access to you guys or Joe as, as far yeah. as like the personal interaction, right? Talking on Zoom and 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 whatnot is is great. Like you guys were very gets the job done. You guys were very accommodating, but there's more to it, right? And so for us, being able to, you know, sit down and have talks with Joe and just talk about the game, stuff that we don't even have to use on air, but it was like, man, right. I wanted to talk to him a ton just because, like, you could see it wore on him, you know, some of the losses, but things were always turning, and you could see that he's he was truly looking towards the next day. He wasn't living in the past. Like, it, it was right. – that's what I wanted to experience, like, just in that personal interaction with him. Yeah, and we got there pretty quickly. You know, he's he's talked about it a couple times, but we were really off to a good um, start in camp last year with, you know, oh. he's trying to get to know everybody, and there was a great energy. I mean, I think we say that every year, but there really was a new energy with him, you know, kind of at the helm leading us, and um, it was a shame that it abruptly got stopped. Um, I'm glad it did because we were able to stay safer than – we may have been if it, if it didn't, but um, it's going to be interesting to see as we get closer to you know reporting for spring training this year if we can kind of pick up where we left off with with that energy and um, I'm excited, man. He, Joe is a is a person that that does that to you, he makes you excited yeah. about the prospects for for you know what's what what could happen this year. I think what you got you guys did it to him as well, not based on a new team, but the way you guys came out and played through spring training. Like you were talking about you guys did every little thing right from starters down to the minor leaguers coming up from camp. Like it was insane the littlest of details that you guys took care of all throughout the way you guys played defense, the way you guys ran the bases, you know, the the hitting you guys you guys raked but you guys were pitching well. It, it just everything seemed to go into place. And when it became that stoppage time, it was like, damn it, you killed every momentum yeah. we had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he he and his staff did a great job at, at picking some of these little things that, you know, we really wanted to focus on um, or be aggressive about, especially early in camp, but yeah. really, you know, to, to kind of set the tone for the for the whole six weeks that we're there. Um and you could you saw those things like you said right like pitchers were throwing strikes throughout the whole game we were base running really aggressively um, those types of things that may not show up necessarily you know on the stat sheet or, or show up um, on a day to day basis but they show up in big moments in the game 
and they really make a difference. And um, like I said, I'm just excited to, to get going again. It feels like forever since I've played. And I'm excited to, to, to focus on these little things and, and restart that momentum, you know, that we had produced um, in spring last year. So you, you bring it up and, and being excited to go out and play, but there was that injury. And how mm-hmm. is the left elbow? I mean, it's uh, it was a nasty sight to see because of the grimace, you know, the, when the manager and the trainer have to come out and, and see you. I'm, some guys, like, they come out and see him all the time. But to see <laughs> you have that happen, uh, it was very unsettling. And, you know, just to know where you're at now, how's everything going? How's the rehab? Yeah, the rehab's going really well. Um, so far, we're right on track, if not ahead of, you know, the, the plan that we had set back in October when I had the surgery. So that's um, that's very encouraging. Um, I've been hitting for about a little over two weeks now, almost three weeks, all off the tee. Um, and, you know, there's been nothing of note there. Everything feels normal. Um, the biggest thing, obviously, in rehab is kind of how it responds the next day. And so far, so good with that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting too sore or anything like that. I'm supposed to progress in my hitting um, in these next couple days. So that's exciting. So, so far, so good. You know, the, the next month is, will really be focused on, on regaining um, strength and normalizing strength in my left hand mm-hmm. um, and, and forearm. So, it's good. We got a great plan in place. Uh, I should be on track to, to see a lot of spring training action, you know, barring any events. Knock on wood if you can. Um, but so far, so good. So we're, we're happy about it. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and look, for, for me, when I found out it was the elbow, I was like, okay, you know, there's certain things that you could go with. But I was like almost thankful that it was there and not your, your wrist because the wrist – causes so much you know we saw it with jason worth for so long right with the phillies yeah. with the with the nationals uh, the power you know wasn't there at all all times because of the wrist issues that he had to know that that was not the problem was a huge positive now it's your elbow it's your non-throwing elbow like what what are thoughts that go through your mind about like when you return to play is it the hitting part or is it the actual that same play part that that goes through your mind a lot you know, it's not necessarily the, the same play because it's such a freak play yeah. that happens yeah. not that often in the game. Um, honestly, I'm probably pretty lucky that it hasn't happened more mm-hmm. just because of the way that the game goes sometimes. But, yeah, it's it's the hitting. It's it's um, some of the awkward things that you can't really replicate unless it's at game speed. Um, those are the types of things that I often find myself thinking about. What, not the 93-mile-an-hour sliders from Jacob DeGrom that you're looking fastball and having to be like, oh, halfway through. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm, I was supposed to hit that. If I hit it, it wouldn't have hurt as much. Yeah, but it's taking a sharp left at 93. What the hell? And you can't even <laughs> see that it's going to take a sharp left. Shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> oh man yeah no those are so, those are things that you have to, to to go through like what how can you get through that you think just the actual game action yeah there's gonna be first right like yep. i'm sure you've had surgeries and, and you've gone through first like my first one was the first pop you know realizing that 
this thing can pop and I'm going to be okay. I've done, I'm not <laughs> popping the ligament again. And then it's going to be, the, you know, the first time I hit off a tee, like, okay, look, I can swing something and it's going to be okay. And then it will be batting practice and it will be getting in a game. So just getting over these firsts, um, I'm learning that it's a lot more mental than it is physical. Your the, the body is a magnificent thing and it's, yeah. I have the best care in the world that I'm getting to take advantage of. And so physically I'm, I'm not worried at all. It's just going to be mentally getting yeah. over those, which I'm excited about so far. It's, it's gone pretty smooth and I don't really expect it going any differently going forward. Dude, when I have my Achilles, it like, there's so many things that the first that you, you talk about, like I, my first uh, toe raise or, or exactly, exactly. Dude, I thought I was so far off the ground doing a toe raise and like they were slipping credit cards underneath my foot. And they're looking yeah. down at me like, dude, you just got this far. I was like, I felt like I was all the way up, but nothing yeah. ever goes back like more to me than uh, taking my first turn at first. There you it go. It's like, how am I going to be able to do this? And I'm starting it. And I end up like basically in right field because I couldn't make the, <laughs> the complete turn. I go from doing the, the arc, right? Like behind the, yeah. the infield dirt to that. And I'm going, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but you remember yeah. that. It's like those, For sure. the awkward moments. Um, the, you know, the, the thing with, with, with spring training comes uh, a new year for you guys. And a new year comes new president of baseball ops and Dave Dombrowski. Uh, a new general manager in Sam Fold. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. Like, as a player, obviously, those are out of your control, but you you just gained two unbelievable baseball men into the front office. Even though Sam just moves up a couple notches, it just he's he's there in a in a big role. And Jorge, yeah, I mean, I mean Georgie's Georgie's there too. So three guys. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously with with Dave, you know, the the resume speaks for itself. He's it's a little bit like you know, getting to know Joe Girardi in a way, right? Mm-hmm. The, the resume, the baseball experience, the the winning, um, the eye for talent, that type of thing, that speaks for itself. So you know, getting that um, kind of at the helm of the of where the Phillies organization is going is something that's super exciting. He's in the past, he's proven to be a man that wants to win and wants to win fast and quickly, and that's exciting. Who doesn't want to be on a team, um, you know, where the man up top, his sole purpose is to win and win as quickly as possible. Um, and then just for, like, for, for Sam and, and Georgie, man, like, you know, these are people that I've been around for the last three or four years and gotten to know them, and they really have a good pulse of, of what goes on in that clubhouse. And... I think to have that in a front office position is is really exciting. It's really comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also say about Sam, man, that guy was a grinder as a player. Yep. You know, he Stanford he nerd. I know it's all good. We get, we get, <laughs> <laughs> we're Northern but California the, guys. We could say that about well, him, all right? And yeah, he's a California guy, so of course <laughs> he's a good dude. But um, you know, knowing what type of player he was, and that he knew he had to get all out of himself as he that he could to have the career that he had um it kind of gives you an insight of of what kind of things that that this front office might value and um the things that they might be trying to add and as a baseball player when you're around those types of of other players and those types of people it just creates a really really good atmosphere and you always hear the word culture yep um and i think if, if if the culture that we have 
in, throughout the organization is anything like Sam is as a person and was as a player. Um, you know, we're going to be we're going to be just fine here in the city city of Philadelphia in the in the next couple of years. Well, the great thing about Sam as a player was the the grind that you you talk about. Uh, it wasn't so much the grind for himself, right? He 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 knew who he was. Sure, he did everything like there is every bit of him playing to win a game and, and know yep. how to win. And whether it was, I suck at hitting right now. I'm going to take away every possible run in center field. That's what he did. I'm going to run the bases yeah. perfectly. I think there's certain things that, you know, I think he sees probably differently than most because he experienced them as a winning player like that. He did right. every little thing to win. And that's, that's a part I'm excited about in what he can infuse into that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you you nailed it right on the head right there. Um, it's a type of player that every every baseball guy wants to be around, mm-hmm. right? You get you get a clubhouse full of those dudes um, who's gonna who are gonna do everything that they can, are self aware enough to do everything that they can um, to help the team win that night. Like you said, whether it be in the box, or on the bases, or on the mound. Or in the dugout, yeah. whatever it may be, um, we got a good chance to win, you know, night in, night out. And that's what we're after, ultimately. First two guys that they come at, you know, and, and get this offseason, Jose Alvarado uh, and Sam Coonrod, you're talking about they push. I, I don't know. I looked at, at fan graphs the other day because they have this now closer depth chart and gives like the, the back okay. four end guys, right? You guys are now number i think two it's actually number two in major league baseball in velocity when it comes to naris brogdon alvarado and sam coonrod on the fastballs now yeah. you, you go from back end where a lot like the guys that were there and doing it you know they weren't throwing that they weren't upper 90s and it's just like that right. that part of Talking about what we need to do to get better as a franchise, we got to have some more power arms in the pen to have that happen, and, and then bring those guys in. What does that say? Like it, when when someone fulfills a not even a, a promise, but like a, identifying a need and going out and getting it. Yeah, it's it's great to see that it's happened so quickly, right? Um, I can tell you as a hitter, and I'm sure you could also say this: um, velocity is hard to hit. <laughs> Especially Period. Alvarado when it's like Period. it's ninety eight and it it looks like a cutter away, like a righty right. cutter away. Good God! Whether it's it's straight or sink or cut, velocity is hard to hit. It makes everything else hard to hit too. You're you're just you're you're diminishing the amount of time that I have to make a decision. The harder you throw, um, and that's tough. And it's especially tough at the back end of a game, right? Like. At bats feel a little bit different when you get later in the game, and you see guys now that are coming out of our pen and throwing hard. Um, it's a tougher at bat, yeah. And it's always good to have guys that throw hard. We'll hope that they can throw strikes. They have in the past, which has been good. Um, but I think the addition of the new pitching coach and, and you know being around Joe, who's a catcher, is really going to help some of these guys and. I'm excited to see what they can. I can promise you, I won't be lining up to hit against them in spring training. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a day that like, side. hey guys, elbows barking a little bit today. Yeah, hey, yeah. you're gonna face I'll this guy. Hey, side. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll face him. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, they don't have to be as I'm perfect. Excited. Right? I'm excited to get to know those guys, and and yeah, man, exactly. You don't have to be as perfect, and yeah, 
Um, it's always nice to start slow a little bit, right? You get your feet under you a little bit, the next feet under you a little bit more, and um, by the season you're ready to go. This was not a question I was going to ask, but it, it just like popped into my mind. And how how was it to deal with? Because you had all the guys that came over in trades and in pickups, and they were having such good success where they were, whether it was with the Red Sox, the Brewers, uh, Braves, or Yankees. Whatever, you know, with David Hale, it's like, what what was that like to have to watch that struggle from them because? They weren't trying to throw balls where they were, and were getting. You know, it was just like the the grind in in that snowball effect on the pitcher side. How was it to deal with as far as trying to pick them up as a teammate? Yeah, it was tough, man. I, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier, um, but like you said, we see the work that goes on, you know, day in and day out. We see how hard some of um, us as players, you know, take losses or take defeat or whatever it may be um and like you said all of these guys that you know that, that we had brought in had had a bunch of success earlier this year or earlier in their career and to see you know some of those guys go out there and not perform to the ability that they're accustomed to performing it sucked yeah. it sucked yeah. it sucked for them it yeah. sucked for us um you know but that's just a part of the game. That's a part of competing. That's something that everybody's got to learn from, hopefully, and you know, just try to continue to get better. Couldn't agree more. All right, so last one, being the uh, the player rep for the Phillies, uh, obviously a lot of questions going on about next year. Well, the stuff that sure. needs to happen this year, uh, Manfred, you know, saying, "Hey, we need to be ready for 162." What does that mean to you? What is that like in your mind? Is that a uh, a positive going forward, or are you very cautiously optimistic that that is actually happening? Yeah, I mean, from everything that's been said so far, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that, um, you know, we're, we're going to get a full season in. Obviously, the bulk of it depends on what goes on, um, you know, around the rest of our country with the virus. Hopefully everyone can, can stay safe and stay healthy. Um, but a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, regional restrictions and that type of thing. Um, it's really good to know that we have a foundation as a league um, of how to navigate, you know, this virus and how to get a, a season done successfully, um, you know, while having to be conscious day in and day out of, of the virus. So that's really um, encouraging. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as of right now, my plan is, is to report on the report date for spring training. Um, assume we're going to have, you know, your, our normal five, six weeks of spring training and then opening day, April 1st, and off we go towards, you know, playing in October. Do you find, like, are, are you guys on discussion, in, in discussions more and more with, with the league about how to approach spring training? Is it one of those type things, or is it you guys are waiting alongside and, and, and you know, just waiting for them to, you know, I actually don't mind it that they're taking their time and, and looking at all the data, looking at what's going on in the NBA, what's going on in the NFL as far as, you know, seasons and, and during this time in that, you know, the winter period, what's going on. Like, are, are you are you guys talking a lot or is it kind of just wait and see? Yeah, there's a lot of conversations going back and forth um, that we, you know, there's 
there's there's some pressure to get these protocols right right and like i said we have a foundation we have a foundation for what what can work obviously there there's things that are different in our world that we need to make adjustments on um but you know all of that information that's out there especially with some of these other leagues that are going on right now is definitely being taken into account so there's discussions going on um which is encouraging but um nothing unfortunately is finalized yet but they'll obviously discussions will, will continue to happen. And, um, you know, we're other than that, we're just kind of assuming that we'll get to see the rest of our teammates come February 16, 17, 18, 19, like we normally do. Well, what's crazy is that like in, uh, right before spring training 2.0, you and I were talking and we, we had this conversation on air and it was about the protocols, the, the hundred, whatever, 130 pages of, of whatever. And, a lot of people are like, oh, that's way too much. And, and I, I know I was all about it because I was going, look, I'd rather have more and chop off than be right. caught off guard. And what we're seeing with the NBA, what we saw a little bit with the NFL, is they went as not bare minimum, but they had to make adjustments but put more in, 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 in protocols. You guys took care of that. You guys, the health department – uh, you know, Major League Baseball in itself, that needs to be applauded because that's a part of this whole thing. Definitely. The, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, besides the two <clears throat> semi-big outbreaks that, that the league had last year, um, pretty pretty healthy um, otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there was yeah. one positive test in the playoffs, which was really, really nice to see. I mean – I guess until until the, the final out until this final <laughs> out, yeah, that, that's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of work going on. Um, you know, it's obviously it's it's tough to say this, and um, when not a lot has happened yet. But I think if we, if you know if we can stay patient, um, the protocols guidelines will will be finished, um, and, and you know, like I said, we're planning on on reporting when we're supposed to and getting a normal spring training before April 1st opening day. That's what I like to hear. That's the hope that <laughs> all of us are hoping and we're getting from you. Uh, but again, uh, there's a lot more, you know, in between this time and, you know, from a month or five weeks from now that has to happen. But uh, everything's pointing in the positive, and that's a, that's a good thing. No doubt. No doubt. We're ready to play. Boom. Reese Hoskins, thanks for joining me again on Pine Tower for Breakfast. Thanks for, uh, you know, sharing with us your rehab and continue to stay safe and give rookie, give, give him a big old hug for me, please. <laughs> Will do. Yeah, he's, he's loving having us home. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm, I'll be excited to, uh, to hopefully cross paths with you soon. And, um, Maybe hey, man, I can high five you this year or give you a nux. Like, I'll, I'll wear a glove or something. I don't know. It's just It just seems weird waving from you from – you know, a couple f- stories up, it feels like, during the season. Yeah, yeah it'll be nice. Get some <laughs> sleep, man. I will. Tell the family, um, give the family our best, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. How about that? The good and the great hope from Reese Hoskins about the start of spring training uh, for Major League Baseball in itself, the Philadelphia Phillies, how excited he is. But for me, this the free of the, the freedom of his mind right now and, and, and even going through a rehab process to hear where he's at as far as he is mentally, that just that that fires me up. Because if you're paying attention last year, he became dangerous. 
all over again. And I'm not talking about just a home run uh, and, and, you know, the three true outcome of the walk, the home run, strikeout. It, it, he, he was starting to hit to all fields. Um, and it just really taking advantage of who he is as a player. That's the biggest thing for me is he took advantage of who he is as a player. And that was awesome to see the grind of work to pay out in the end. And, and that was Reese. So thanks for Reese Hoskins joining me right here on Pine Talk for Breakfast. Until next time, I appreciate you listening. Keep on coming at me with uh, some questions or appreciation or anything that you want to bag on. At Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Peace. Kevin Franzen out of here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.